guys. You know, showing me long breaking tubes that are breaking to the left is like dangling crack in front of an attic on the video, the nice waves. I want to just surf. I wanted to be on there. Sorry, I was just sitting there. I was just like, whoa, those are pretty amazing waves. That'd be awesome to be in that right now. has nothing to do with anything. But uh, hey, we are finishing up a uh, series uh, called His Name Is, as we were looking at Isaiah chapter 7 and and chapter 9. And they uh, only gave me 10 minutes this evening. I guess I know why now. Yeah, okay. Uh, So I better get right to it. But um, just to remind you, Uh, In chapter 9, Isaiah says, A child has been born to us. God has given a son to us. He will be responsible for leading the people. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Powerful God, Father who lives forever, Prince of Peace. And then in Isaiah 7, he tells us that his name will also be Emmanuel, God with us. And as I was praying and contemplating and looking at these two scriptures and knowing that we were going to be concluding this series this evening, I was rereading them and praying and just asking God to open up my heart and mind. And he brought my attention back to the first sentence in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. A child has been born to us. And the question came into my mind, what difference can a child make? And I think it's a legitimate question. I mean, it's why we're here tonight. It's what we're celebrating tomorrow. You know, really, what difference can a child make? And those of you who know me, uh, you know that I, I love history. I love watching History Channel, History International. I love reading about history. Uh, it's alive it, it, to me. It, it brings focus. It brings clarity to everything in life. And I started thinking about historically this question, what difference can one child make? And as I was just reading and thinking about different things, I I came across 1929. 1929 is an interesting year. In 1929, uh, the world experienced its first large-scale violence breakout between the Jews and the Arabs at the Wailing Wall, where hundreds died. It's kind of weird to think that this was the first instance of this outbreak of violence, because it seems like every time we turn on the news... We see another bombing happening in Israel, and we all are well aware of the, the Jewish-Israeli-Palestinian conflict and how Israel is hated by the whole Middle East. But in 1929, this was the, the shot that was heard around the world, and it changed that region forever. A little closer to home on February 14th, which some of us know is Valentine's Day in Chicago. There were a bunch of gangsters hanging out when the doors busted open 
and bullets started being sprayed out of Tommy guns and mowed down in a bloody, ba- a bloody massacre. What was to become known as the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in Chicago. And this act started 18 months of mayhem. A crime spree across the nation. Also in 1929, you may remember that that was the year that the stock market crashed. $26 billion was lost in a single day. Oh, the good old days, right? (laughs) That was a lot of money back then, not like, you know, $29 million today. (laughs) Or billion, sorry. People jumping out of the windows because they had lost all their money. The nation goes into an economic tailspin and we enter the Great Depression. Something else happened in 1929 though. There is a man born. A man that his parents looked down and called him Martin Luther King Jr. What difference can one child make? Going back a little bit farther in 1809, there was a severe earthquake in the Anzis where a town called Sao Miguel was totally destroyed and sucked into the earth. And thousands of people just disappeared forever. In Europe, there was a little dictator named Napoleon who was raging and waging war all across Europe and in Russia, in Poland, in England, all across Europe. And all of Europe was in disaster and war. And not thousands, not tens of thousands, not even hundreds of thousands died. But millions died. Also, in 1809, a new depth of darkness came out of man's soul. The French army when battling Portuguese army, were victorious in battle and 18,000 Portuguese soldiers surrendered. And as they surrendered, they would bind them, make sure that they were securely fastened. And when it was all done, 18,000 men were Properly bound, the French army proceeded to drown each and every one of them. Also in 1809, there was a little child born. A little child in a little nowhere town. A little child that his parents called Abraham Lincoln. 
What difference can one child make? In the year zero-ish, there was this little empire called Rome. This empire, many historians say that there was never an empire like it before it. And some say since. Rome was an interesting empire. They had a two-tiered system of government. They had the Roman government and the Roman citizens who were overseeing the whole empire. They had an emperor who was a dictator. And many emperors were insane and caused the world so much brutality. But the interesting thing about the Roman Empire is they had a two-tier system of government. You see, when they would conquer a people, they would find rulers who would rule in Rome's name. People who were local, people who were native, people who knew the landscape, people who knew the people and the customs that they were going to be ruling. And when the Roman Empire conquered Israel... They put into power a king, a king named Herod, Herod the Great. Now, it depends on your definition of great, but Herod was a mass murderer. He was insane with jealousy, so insane that he actually killed both of his sons because he was afraid that they would try to rise and take his throne from him. So ruthless was Herod that the Roman Empire eventually removed him from power, but not before he could tear Israel apart. And the Israelites, the Jewish people, they broke off into different ways as many oppressed people do. And they, they dealt with their oppression and their plight and their anguish and their pain in different ways. There was one group of Jews that were called the Zealots. And Zealots were essentially the insurgency of the day. And they had vowed never to help the Roman Empire in any way. In any way, in any time that they could make the Roman Empire suffer, they would take it. They were dedicated to overthrowing the empire. There was another group that was very different than the Zealots. They were called the Sadducees. The Sadducees were dealing with their problem as an opportunity. An opportunity to sell out their fellow countrymen, their fellow Jews for a profit. They figured, you know what, we're going to be an occupied people, we might as well make the best of it. And we will leverage everything we can and work with the Roman Empire so we can make our lives better, even if it was at the expense of their fellow Jews. And then finally, there was a group called the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, have ele had elevated 
the law of God to their God. They decided that how they were going to deal with their oppression, deal with their pain, deal with their emptiness, deal with their captivity and occupation was to be put under the heavy burden of the law. The law had 16 and 13 laws that these were known as the laws of Moses and they were given and they were given to help people live out the vision that God had had for their life. But that was not how the Pharisees interpreted it. And not only did the Pharisees have this strict interpretation of the law, but they also tried to put that strict interpretation on everyone around them. And essentially, what was given to them to help them become closer to God, they had perverted and separated themselves from God with the very law that was given to them. You see, Isaiah was a prophet, and Isaiah foresaw this coming and knew that there was going to be a time in human history when the relationship with God will become so severed and things were going to be so dark that God would have to intervene. And intervene, God did. And in all of this darkness and all of this pain and all of this oppression and all of this hopelessness, a child was born and his parents, under the instruction from God, called him Jesus. What difference can one child make? Make all the difference in the world. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Isaiah writes this. He says, all right then. And sometimes I get a little silly and sometimes I hear different voices when I'm reading Scripture. And for some reason, Jim Carrey's voice came to mind. And as I read, all right then, I just heard Jim Carrey as the prophet Isaiah saying, well, all righty then. <laughs> I know. But Isaiah was not Jim Carrey. Isaiah was obviously a prophet, and he did not say all righty then. He said, all right then. The Lord himself will choose the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. Pretty significant sign. She will give birth to a son and we will call him Emmanuel. Which is transliteration. That is the Hebrew word and it means in English, God with us. Now this whole understanding of God with us is pretty remarkable. You see, we have God. God the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things. And then we have us. 
us who are in debt, us who have broken relationships, us who have anxiety, depression, substance abuse, mortgages, family, jobs we hate, us, you know, us. And before this child that was born, Jesus, that's the way it was. There was God and there was us. But because Jesus came, something amazing happened. There was a word introduced into this paradigm of hopelessness. And that word is with. With is such an amazing and powerful word. If there is, you're sitting on a bus and a, and a woman comes in. And you don't feel like, you know, the bus is crowded and you don't feel like giving up your seat to her because after all it's the 21st century and then somebody turns to you and says she is with child it changes everything or how about if you're in a party and there's beautiful people all around you and especially there's maybe if you're a guy there's a beautiful woman near you in the vicinity, or if you're a gal, a handsome man, maybe like a young Tom Selleck. I don't know. Back when he was in Magnum P.I., in that, those Hawaiian shirts. All right, never mind. <laughs> Ferrari? You know, never mind. But if all these people are just at the party, and you're just at the party with them, there's no significance. But what if you get to say, she or he is with me? It changes everything. Probably the most significant one, the closest one that I can get to Emmanuel is this one. I will have pie with ice cream. It changes everything. Pie is good. But pie with ice cream is dang near sacred. It's as close as you can get. Pie with ice cream. Emmanuel. Before Jesus, there was God. And there was us. But because of Jesus, We have the with. God with us. He is with us. And God gives us the opportunity to choose if we will be with Him. Let's pray. Dear God, thank You for being with us. Such a powerful concept it's amazing just to just think that you left 
the comfort or the majesty of your throne to seek us out, to reestablish the severed relationship, understanding that we had no possible way of ever being with you outside of you coming and being inside and with and amongst our condition. God, I just pray that we do not miss the majesty, miss the significance of you being with us. But God, I also pray that we choose to be with you. I love you, Lord.